rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. Well, 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 what's going on? There I am. Hello, my name is Tara Devlin. Is that my camera? Is that the right camera? It certainly is. <laughs> this is how we do it. We do it anyway. That's what I always say. I don't, we, we do it anyway. We don't wait for the perfect. We just do it. No matter what. So, um, what's the, what's the topic of this week? So, uh, anyway, let me just do my little spiel from the beginning. Um, we meet here. My name is Tara Devlin. We meet here every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. And we are rebroadcast starting Sunday on Progressive Voices or anytime on the Progressive Voices app or GDPR Revolution 99, which is another great independent liberal radio station. If you haven't heard it, check it out. Uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes. Please give us a review on iTunes. That helps immensely to help us grow. And um, what else? Follow follow us on all our social media platforms. And hey, buy some merch. Become a patron. I'm just giving you your marching orders be- before we get into the show. Because we have a really great show today, even though I'm not in a good mood. That's why I call for backup. When I always say... <laughs> We stick together, we win. We we stick together, we win has to be a way of life. That has to be the American way. You know, I, and I always talk about that, what, is, what does it mean to be an American? We don't leave people behind. We don't leave anybody behind on the battlefield, right? We don't leave them behind in ignorance. We don't leave them behind in sickness. We are in this together. So uh, when, I, when we're not all sick at the same time. That's what I, uh, that's why we need each other. We are interdependent. So I, today, so this is what happened this week. I had a really bad week. I mean, I didn't have a bad week. I had a bad Friday. So I haven't been to sleep for, well, since yesterday because I, I, I had anxiety about what happened. Uh, and what happened is that, so you guys know I do the show on the weekends. So my basically the short story of my life is that I started doing this later in life. I started I w- I became a comedian later in life because my fir- the first part of my life I made a career out of getting high. That's what I I mean it is what it is. I was a I was an addict, but I wasn't I wasn't a um street person or anything like that I'm not saying that that makes me better it was just that was just my story I went to school I went to college but I was uh, addicted to heroin uh, throughout my 20s and I I never thought I would live frankly to see 30 and I did I got clean with the help of um, a team of experts and very good friends who loved me until I can love myself and uh, taught me that, uh, you know, uh, there was another way of living. And that that's just the short version of the story because there's many, many bumps in the road and a lot of pain, struggle. And uh, I always say I'm very grateful that I survived my process so far. So it is really a day at a time. So and any, anyway, um, I... So I started doing this late, and when I first got clean and sober, and I started 
and I would speak in the place, what we call well, uh, the community of recovering people, right? I would go and share my stories and, and I, people would laugh and people would always ask me, are you a comedian? Are you a comedian? So, um, I learned to have self-esteem in, in the rooms uh, of recovery. And I started to think, oh, wow, I can really, maybe I can follow my dreams. Maybe I did, um, you know, maybe it's possible. Anything is possible, right? I'm, uh, now that I'm clean and sober. So, so I, but in the meantime, as I was, uh, getting my, my sea legs in recovery, I was, I made a living as a, I worked in television and I still do to this day. So during, so I'm a freelancer for the past 10 years, I freelance for, uh, different TV stations, media companies doing motion graphics, uh, animation. Right. And so that's been really my bread and butter for a long time. And I think a lot of it has to do with because being a comedian and I have had, I've had some success as a comedian. I opened for Kate Clinton. I've opened for Judy gold, you know, uh, Poppy Champlin. Um, uh, she's an amazing comedian, Jessica Kirsten. I've opened for her. And, um, anyway, but I never really, I guess, dove in a hundred percent because I, I think there was a lot of fear there about losing my, my bread and butter and having no income. I guess I, st I still have a lot of fear anyway, but I was making, um, the show and I was doing the website and blah, blah, blah. But the, the truth be told the website, the show, everything costs money. So, and it all comes out of my pocket. And um, I have a lot of anxiety concerning that. And this is why I ask you guys to to donate, become a patron, buy some merch, blah, blah, blah. Because um, I would not, I don't want to go, uh, it's not just go broke. I want us, I want to expand the show. I want to, um, you know, make the show a daily, daily show and... I also would like not to spend every dime that I have on the, on the website. And like, like I said, we stick together, we win. Um, I, I, I have this fear that I'm going to wake up one day and I'm going to realize that I poured my entire retirement savings into, uh, this show and nothing, that's my fear and nothing came back. Uh, and this, so, so I start thinking, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of this country. I got to get out of what am I doing? Why don't I just leave and go to Ireland and get my Irish citizenship and get the hell out of here and just stop fighting these freaking fascists here? So I was working this freelance job that was a steady gig. And let's just, just put it this way. Friday, they pulled the plug. They they ran out of money. They called me. It was, you know, we, we were, they were very apologetic. And of course, this happened like three months ago. So I immediately went into a panic. I started, I, I got, I got incredible anxiety and I haven't slept. So that's what happens to me. And I always think that, you know, I do, I practice Buddhism. I, I share, I, I have a lot of friends who are very supportive. People actually came over to my house this morning to, uh, just my Buddhist, uh, community came over and we chanted and we discussed, uh, overcoming obstacles and, and, 
And but I I guess I feel like if I had more faith, I would really I wouldn't be this anxious. So I was really upset today. And that, so this now this is eight minutes of me giving you the preamble. And I called Bob Kincaid. <laughs> and, um, here he is, Bob. <laughs> so, yeah. And I was, I said, wait, I'm trying to do the split screen here. Why can't I get the split up there? Of course, now that we're on the air, I can't get the split. Split, baby. Or I'll figure it out. Um, so, yeah, I I called Bob and I, I asked him to please co-host the show with me because I'm not I'm not doing well. I'm really not doing well. Um, all right. And I'm not I can't get the damn split screen up. But Bob, anyway, um, and we had a really I wish we had recorded our conversation earlier because we were on the yeah, phone. It was a show. It was a show. <laughs> it was a really good show. And. We were on the phone for uh, over like two hours, and um, but I uh, anyway. So I I what we want to do for today's show, we were talking about um, be, uh, just having people. We can take phone calls. We can, uh, but I wanted to also talk about. I just wanted to get personal a little. I mean, people kind of know what my uh the situation with me uh that i that i'm in recovery and uh but i wanted to get a little more personal and let people know really what's going on how this is why um i may maybe it sounds like i whine or constantly harp on become a patron donate uh but this is why where we we invest our time and energy and um and money into this i believe in this and and i often think well i it doesn't mean that you have to believe in it so <laughs> i just i yeah, hope you it's, do it's enjoyable mm-hmm. and uh, but but i can tell you that what what you're describing in terms of the anxiety tara mhm is a, uh, it never goes away. I mean, that's that that's kind of the bad news. Mm-hmm. Uh, because after nearly 15 years of this, uh, the horn runs literally sometimes week to week. Mm-hmm. We've been, there have been times we've gone day to day. Yeah. And, so, and, and so that, that, but, but I think that's a kind of a, that's a kind of a performer's, not performance, but a performer's anxiety that goes to anybody who relies on their wits and their own de- on, and their own dedication mm-hmm. and their own desire and their own dream, because th- there's always something over your shoulder going, eh, this could end real fast. Right, right, right. And that's what it is. It's also, that's my fear. My, I, I, I have... Um, these fears that maybe maybe I I'm making a mistake. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this show. Maybe I should just be like other people and tune it out and go and worry about uh, watching television and you know having a diff- whatever finding a mate uh, or tra- I mean I would love to travel. I just don't have I got no money. I, it, <laughs> anyway, I'm not. I I don't want to sound like. Like I'm, uh, I'm complaining well, see, that way. See, I would, I would say, you know, if you, were, if you were working over in the right wing sewer, right, I'd say quit. Okay, stop <laughs> this. 
there are plenty of them. Right. Because because uh, right wing blatherers mm-hmm. uh, pop up like mushrooms after a spring rain. That's the truth. And they're and they're all supported because there are right wing hate tanks. Yep. That just keep they just keep the money coming. Right. And so the 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 existential aspect of trying to do liberal progressive broadcasting is an entirely different right. animal. Yep. And we're it's so true. We don't this is what I say all the time. We don't have the Mercer family. We and if we did it would be a big it would be a different story. And I and I remember that story and I actually heard Tom Hartman tell a similar story recently, but I know this was Mike Malloy's story. But maybe they had the same story, but I thought it was kind of weird. One day I heard Tom telling the story, <laughs> but it was Mike's story. Anyway, um that he uh sean hannity i mean i'm talking whatever out of school i suppose but uh that he knew mike in georgia years ago and they would run in the same circles uh radio people and one day uh there was a party and 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 somebody with the initials sh said to mike what are you doing liberal radio for are you still doing that liberal thing the money's in conservative radio and that's who they are. They, I would never, I, I, I wouldn't do this unless I cared. I, I care about this country and I care about the people in it. I would never deceive them. I would never stir up hate, racism, and division for, to please my master, my sponsors, so they can continue to rape, rob, and pillage to, this country. Or to clear that $50 million a year that, right. say, um, uh, another so-called recovering addict, you know, Rush Limbaugh. Oh yeah, holds down <laughs> right. every year. Oh, I know, I know. But <laughs> so-called, know, whether exactly. it's whether it's Hannity, the life support system for a haircut, or whether it's Flush mm-hmm. Limbaugh, uh, or 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 any of those other fiends, you know, they're 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 doing it because it is to quote the late great prophet Bill Hicks, peace be upon him, <laughs> a big dollar. Yeah. That's it. It's the truth. That's, and and that's why Alex Jones mm. gets on the air and tells people about the jellyfish monkey hybrids that are for sale in the bazaars of Singapore. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that it, insane. That, and, and by the way, tell me before I start dropping them. Um, vulgarities profanities oh yeah, yeah. well you yeah, can I mean, you can i try not to as much i i mean i just try to limit it a little but i only because you don't know if this is on progressive voices somebody could be listening to it with the like their kids in the car but it's still you can right and little timmy all of a sudden says fuck it right yeah <laughs> exactly so but no, you I, I mean whatever i i let it rip all the time so whatever <laughs> it's it's a diff, it's a difference, Tara. I think between actually giving a damn, and uh, you know, you, you said uh, what was it? Uh, uh, we do it because we care about the country and the people in the country. Mm-hmm. They do it because they care about the wallets and the money in the wallets. That's right, and that and themselves alone. They don't mind being rich people in a poor country. They they enjoy. Stepping over their uh, the homeless people, people who can't get health care, people who can't don't have living wage, whatever. 
on the way to their gated communities. That's this. They believe that they that they deserve it. And as Rush Limbaugh famously said, some people are just born to be slaves. He he literally said that. Sometimes they let it slip, but that's what they believe. It's sort of like the time. Uh, what's his name? Mitt Romney said. You should get as much education as you can afford. They let it slip every now and then exactly what they're up to. And that's that's what it is. You- and more recently, when uh, Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross said during the shutdown, well, I don't know why they don't just go out and talk to their bank and borrow a million dollars. <laughs> they'll, they'll be gonna, they're going to be able to pay it back. Right, exactly. Like you just go to some, that's why they have check cashing places and porn, porn, porn shops. Pawn shops. And porn shops, yes. but they because they, they <laughs> porn shops, porn shops, people they it's they live in an unreal world. They, um, it's almost like I mean it's just we we are being run by idiots right now too. Uh, uh, like well, so- look, the the one percent, uh, just to use a generalized term, the one percent would not be able to survive a week. You know? mm-hmm. Right. Right. You know, we gut it out. We and I'm not talking just you know, progressive broadcasters. I'm talking about the working class. Yep, that's it, the truth. We make things go. We make things work. Mm-hmm. We get by. We we we, you know, we repurpose things. That's right. And you know, can you imagine poor precious Iwanka? <laughs> oh uh, yeah, right. Having to eat beans and cornbread. Right. And you know, green onions. Yeah. For three solid right, days, cup of noodles, or that's what you could afford. Yeah, and she's got the she uh, she has the nerve to write a book about working moms, as if working mothers the, the some handbook for working mothers when she she's got nannies and maids and governesses for her for her sweet little brat that and every Instagram post is is completely quaffed and lighted and groomed beyond uh human recognition and mm-hmm. we're all looking at that uh out here in the huddled masses and i don't know how any uh it's this is what makes me depressed too is that the people fall for it and so, and speaking of the they they constantly disparage uh with the working poor, poor people, people uh, not born with a trust fund. But like you said, no one worked harder than people living on the edge. They are the hardest working, uh, whereas what, what the hell does Trump do? He's playing golf. Him, uh, he, he's uh, whining in the, in the White House that he's all alone and he can't play golf. And and they but that the those who vote for him and support him think that some somehow that's okay it's it's unbelievable to me that's what really makes and, me and, depressed and, 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 and meanwhile junior says i'm so bored daddy <laughs> i think i'm going to go and shoot a cheetah right something beautiful that has more value and, and why would you shoot something and murder like you're murdering for fun for no good reason and that just says it all about them and um, so, and earlier when we were talking, and you reminded me of uh, when the, w- really what what what's going on in in general in this country is it is the old adage. It's well, it's the old trick, the oldest trick in the book: divide and conquer. They divide us al- not only along racial lines, 
but they the way that they set up the system and we we were talking earlier because and uh, people who watch the show and listen to the show know i was trying to buy health care and blah 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 <clears throat> and i went on the exchange and i don't get a subsidy on the exchange and um <clears throat> so my my health insurance here is $790 an F in month which is more than my mortgage and maintenance and it's it's be it's unconscionable and god help me if i have to use it really because then you're really screwed right yeah that's when the that's when the the, the money really starts adding up. right and where you, uh, that's all you need right i had a friend who was got sick by this was years ago uh before the aca and, and we all have stories like this but she had some weird kidney thing ended up in the hospital in the icu for a month and then she got out and she had her her insurance and her husband's insurance. So her husband was a union carpenter. She was a teacher. So they had good insurance, right? you would think. She gets out of the hospital and as trying to recover from this near death experience, she almost died. She was in a coma. They were and she didn't know what the hell was going on. People coming and looking at her. And, and then the bills start coming. Hundred thousand dollars, two hundred thousand dollars. What are you what are you going to do? You're screwed. You're, and so now you're trying to recover from this near-death experience, and you're you're getting phone calls from collection agencies, and this is that's this country, and and people pine for that system. So when and I was uh, we were talking earlier, I was talking about a friend of mine who's actually a Democrat. He's not <clears throat> he's not as left wing as me, and he was complaining that he doesn't get a subsidy on the exchange. I mean, I wish I got a subsidy too, but he's like, yeah, I got to pay for poor people. I got to pay for the poor people. You know, I, I got to pay for them. And he, you know, he's upset. He's got to pay for poor people. This is what he says. But it's not the, that, that's how, and after I, I, I explained to him and I said, this is not, that's how they get us. They have somebody who's a little higher up on the ladder kicking down and and having a resentment against people who are a few rungs lower on the ladder and they keep they keep us divided that way because we have more in common with each other than we would ever have with right. those and at the so top. As, as you and I were as you and I were discussing why doesn't that guy and, and and I think we both know the answer it's a matter of conditioned response but when in, instead of saying, I have to pay full price because of the pores. Mm -hmm. <laughs> why, why do we not analyze that from the standpoint of I have to pay full price so that uh, some health insurance company right. CEO can have a new Bugatti mm -hmm. at the end of the year? Exactly. Or a, or, or a 24 karat gold toilet. Right. Right. Because they, you know, they buy those kinds of things. Yes, they and do. They, and, and and their world is a world of conspicuous consumption to excess. Right. And as as long as as long as people like that are looking down the ladder instead of up, mm -hmm. the problems will not be solved. So you know that's I think I think that's one of the the the, the teaching elements that needs to take place around things like healthcare in this country. Yep. Right. Right. And so to constantly decry universal health care is so, so far left when the entire world is doing it is uh, beyond 
It's it's beyond frustrating. That and this right. is why. And in the case of at least one country where we're subsidizing. Mm-hmm. 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 Right. People who don't have health care are paying for for people in another country to have it. Which are you talking about? Which which country? Israel. Oh, right, right, right. So yeah, and there you go. And also, when we invaded Iraq and we wrote their constitution, universal health care was part of Was the, in it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, do as we say, not as we do. Right. How stupid. This is what I – and another thing I ask on the show all the time is how much longer are we going to take it? How much longer? And, but I get despondent when I hear people, fellow working people, decrying the poor. Or decrying. Well, somebody else uh, the other day was talking about, oh, my uh, Obamacare. I don't like that Obamacare. I don't know. They didn't even know what the hell it was. And I was like, what? Do, I said, Obamacare is just regulations that they can't kick you off when you're sick and you. They have to give you a certain amount of minimal benefits. Unlike uh, he's like, well, my insurance used to be four hundred dollars. Now it's a uh, seven hundred or whatever. And then. I was like, yeah, because that's because they could deny you care. They could kick you off when you got sick. They could, if you went to the hospital uh, and you you had a serious condition, there would be ca- caps. They, they, children who had cancer would reach their lifetime caps before they hit puberty. And I mean, the the abuses of this system was it was just crying out for regulation, but. I that it's this is going on now. So the Democratic Party still has not uh, uh, has taken control of this message in any way. There's so much confusion and uh, people they don't want to lose their pre-existing condition benefits. Right. But they hate Obamacare. That's for sure. So. Oh, boy. Anyway, somebody uh, someone there are a multitude of bills. Mm hmm. Uh, or not a multitude, but there are two or three bills floating around there. One's already been introduced by Pramila Jayapal out of Washington State. Uh, there's another Medicare for all, or Medicare for America, I think is what it's yes, called. Yes, yes. Uh, so you know, at, at least at least that conversation is beginning right. to be had, but we're nowhere near where we need to be with it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, I mean, uh, thank, it was thanks to Bernie, frankly, uh, we... The, he he did push the Democratic Party into having this conversation, and, and now it's as you hear Joe Biden saying he's the most progressive of all the candidates, which is like, wow. Well, and and it, but it, but it even goes deeper than Bernie, mm-hmm. because I'm I remember as far back as 2004, um, and Dennis Kucinich talking about right. having universal access to health care. Right. And only when John Kerry became, and, and lo and behold, when John Kerry became the nominee through the campaign process, he had said hardly anything about health care. Mm-hmm. Then after Kucinich raises it, it becomes a part of what Kerry right. is talking about. And Kerry loses, well, not really, but okay, in 2004. Right. And by 2008, uh, you know, Obama and Clinton both come into the Democratic primary with competing plans right. for how to go about doing it. And in point of fact, uh, I'm sure there are people who will spit on the ground at the mere mention of her name, <laughs> but uh, Hillary had the more 
liberal right. health care yes. plan in 2008. Mm-hmm. And Obama had uh, Romney's plan, right? <laughs> right. And so um, I think he was on The View. And uh, Pete Buttigieg, mm, mayor yes. of South Bend, pointed out, <clears throat> and you've known this for years, I've known it, Most probably most of the people listening have known it, but what turned into so-called Obamacare was born in the bowels of the Heritage right. Foundation. And that's why it sucks. Yeah. Absolutely. Anything Republicans touch sucks. But Republicans loved it when it was their alternative to what they called Hillary Care right. back in the 90s. Absolutely. But the minute that, you know, the Kenyan Muslim us- usurper <laughs> uh, touched it, yep. it suddenly became toxic. Right. Because, frankly, Republicans don't care yes. about human beings. No, they don't care no. about any, anyone but themselves, anyone but corporations, anyone that right. it's all about enrichment. And it's mm-hmm. all about the advancement of party and and power over people. Right, and that's why they rally behind this horrible American healthcare non-system. It's not even a healthcare system. It's an insurance racket that basically bankrupts millions, kills thousands, leaves millions out, and and it has the worst, measurably worst outcomes of all industrialized nations. But I just want to say one thing, um, because I'm looking at the chat and the YouTube and we have a uh, one of our our uh, people who's watching devotee. He's he is crazy. He wants to talk about the Mueller report. Everything he's saying, Mueller, yo, Mueller, Mueller report. <laughs> what do you think about the Mueller report? Let's. I mean, uh, I think the Mueller report is something I haven't read. How exactly. You? That's what I. It's I think sort the of Mueller like... report is something that hasn't been released unless you know you got your secret <laughs> secret squirrel copy. Right. Uh, right. It's. I mean, it's kind of hard to talk. Exactly. I, I, think, I mean, it, it, it's captured our imagination and our attention. But when we say, let's talk about the Mueller it's report. It's like, what are you going to say? Right. Well, what that really means is let's speculate yes. about the Mueller report. And that's been going on for days. And it's been irritating me beyond everything else that's irritating me. That I'm, First, we had, when will the Mueller report be released? When will, well, what do you think? What, and then this went on for weeks and weeks. As if that's a story. Why, why don't you report on things that we that matter, things that are happening? And, and then when the Mueller report is released, say, hey, the Mueller report was released. Why are we asking, when, when do you think it'll be released? When? I don't know. I think it might be released this week because we had back some kind now, of— Now back to Bill in the Weather Center. Right. Yeah, right. It's, uh, and, and then it was released yesterday— he all he did was hand it to Bill Barr or whatever, and that's it. We don't know what's in it. And now it was interesting earlier today. Fox News apparently was leaked something from some some somewhere within the Justice Department that said, "Well, you know, the summary could be out, uh, or at least significant portions could be out as early as, and it was supposed to be between like five and six this evening." Mm-hmm. Then, and I think the New York Times said that they had been told. Uh-uh. Not till tomorrow at the most. Mm-hmm. But the larger issue here, I mean, if the if you want to talk about the Mueller report, I think what there is to talk about is, and I'm going to use sort of absolutist language here. What do we do when, not if, what do we do when 
uh, 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 Bill Barr and the Trump regime does everything in their power to keep people from seeing it. Right. Even though they've been saying, release it, unredacted, let's see it. This is, that's the line, but it's, that's but not there what they are, I mean, there, there are things that we can infer about it. Mm-hmm. The fact that we know, it, it's not, it, no speculation here, there will be no further charges. Right. And that's that why means, they're claiming victory. And that means, at least as far as Mueller is concerned, he will not be prosecuting Junior. Mm, he will not be prosecuting so darling Iwanka. Oh, no. Uh, there will be, and, and, and there may not even be mention because of the standards that apply inside the DOJ that, get, that are apparently going to be applied to Trump, but certainly were not applied to Hillary Clinton. Mm. There may not even be mention of what he did or did not do. Right. Because they apparently with the I, I'm not sure uh, this is what I heard they in a, in a, this report because he's not indicted they they can't speculate about his role in any uh, any crime exactly now uh, because remember uh, the phrase individual one comes from the indictment of Michael Cohen or right. the information whatever in the Southern District of New York mm-hmm. now. Mueller wrapping up does not touch SDNY. And it seems apparent to me, at least, that SDNY is not interested in indicting Trump because there he is as an unnamed co-conspirator in at least four felonies. Yes, exactly. And he's getting away with it. Obviously, as he's always gotten away with everything. And that's I don't understand. Frankly, I don't understand the whole we, I mean, I do to a degree that we don't indict or prosecute presidents. I understand because you could get some nefarious actors, uh, uh, believe it or not, right, that will harass and harangue a president constantly. Well, and there's a, and there's there's a historical precedent as well. I'm fairly uh, the people who listen to the horn know that I'm prone to go wandering off into the weeds of ancient history. But Please, I love it. The desire of po- between political factions to prosecute and torment the other side right. is what led to the series of civil wars that brought the Roman Republic right. to an end. Right, right, exactly. Uh, well, they but they ended up using things like proscription lists, and that really. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what comes after. But, uh, for instance, which is Caesar, a murder list, basically. <laughs> yeah, Caesar Caesar had to stay in Gaul. And right. keep fighting, you know, A, to enrich himself, but yes. B, because the minute he set foot back inside the official territory of, right. of Rome proper, he was going to be prosecuted. Yes. They were going to prosecute, yes. gonna prosecute him thing. on war crimes, actually, because he. Yeah, would... and, that's where the, and that's where the whole <laughs> business about crossing the Rubicon right. and Alea Yacta Est, and, mm-hmm. you know, and people think that, you know, the, you know, the, 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 dice are, the dice are cast. It actually translates more accurately as. Let them fly, mm. which is kind of a yeah. Screw it. Let's let's do it. Right, right. And yes, you know, I know. Uh, I love. The, I I I'm a big, uh, not fan. Well, well, I guess fan. I love Roman history, and it's oh, fascinating. It's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Just that whole, especially the. I mean, I love it all because it just is the story of humanity too. 
the the but the, but the but the other side of that coin, Tara, is that when when the framers set up the Constitution and the program's not long enough to list everything that was wrong with the framers, mm-hmm. you know, uh, right. when that gang when that gang of slave owners right uh, or you wrote know, about men being equal, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Men, of course, and, and they, free, and, 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 yeah. and talking about their freedom and the tyranny of, uh, right, liberty, the king, yeah, liberty, yeah. right. Uh, but when, but they, there were some ideas put forward, and one of them was equal justice under law. Mm-hmm. Now, if the president of the United States is not amenable to criminal uh, to criminal prosecution, right, even for an obviously overtly right. criminal act, then. We don't have equal justice under law. Yes, he's a king. It's I don't under and I also the way that the framers. This is why I I wish we had a parliamentary system because the way that the framers set this system up is almost calling for the, the a democracy for for a tyrant to to concentrate power in the hand, in the executive and nullify just like what happened in the Roman Republic. They still had a Senate, and they had magistrates and local elections, and and uh, right, but the Senate had completely abdicated. That's right. Uh, both its rights and its responsibilities to the to the emperor, and then and there were opportunities throughout Roman history for the republic to be restored, and right. beca- the corrupt. Uh, I mean, first it was the Praetorian Guard. What they didn't want to let go of power because they were the ones that were picking the the king and or the well the emperor. Right, but what, but what was interesting is after the after the assassination of I think it was Caligula, mm-hmm. maybe Nero. Nero think, I'm thinking Nero, and that because that was when they but they went but they to went the two Senate. Said, yeah, they well, went to the Senate and said, "Okay, emperor's gone. Sent time for the Senate to reassert its power." Right, and then the Senate said. Yeah, right. Exactly. Let's find another emperor. Exactly, and that's tragic. The whole thing is tragic because and that's what frightens me about our republic, which is not real. I mean, it's not really on life support because the Roman, uh, the Roman psyche was into the Roman psyche was drilled this anti-monarchical strain from. Right. I mean, that's uh, for part hundreds of, the rumors of years that wound up getting Caesar killed. Was the notion that he was about to set himself up as a king? That's right. And they and and the 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 ancient authors tell us the story of how a man came up and offered him a crown. Yes. And he rejected right. it. Yeah. But that was enough to get. Uh, it and was wearing to get, purple uh, and whatnot, right? Right, and the boots <laughs> with the boots, the purple boots, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they were they were supposed to hate that, but when it when it when it came to nut cutting time. They said we'd rather have the fake security of an autocratic state mm-hmm. than to actually go about the hard work of being free, yeah. and that's kind of where we are. Because freedom—it's like it's like uh, Franklin saying, "A republic if you can keep it." Right. Mm-hmm. Well, at this point in time, it appears we're not much interested in keeping it. Right. Right. And well, so, you know, if you and and I've I've said on my program that you know sometimes it's beneficial. To present an obviously outrageous example as a means of showing how ridiculous a an accepted principle is. So the accepted principle in this case is the so-called DOJ guidance, 
that's the, the so-called guidance in the mm-hmm. DOJ that says you cannot indict a sitting president. Mm-hmm. So if you take that and you say, all right, on its face, okay, here, here, are, a few, here are a few things people don't usually think about. You have to be indicted in order to be charged with a felony, but there's an exception. You can be arrested for a felony if the officer witnesses it while it's happening. Mm. So let's say FBI agent Jones is standing on the sidewalk by the White House when Donald Trump comes walking out with an AK-40 or an AR-15 and mows down a bunch of people in Lafayette Square Park, God forbid. Mm-hmm. Well, what these powdered panjandrums are saying is that that FBI officer would not have the constitutional authority to place a madman with a gun under arrest simply because he's the president of the United States. And that's that's madness. That's pure, unadulterated crazy. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't matter if he's the president or you or me. You got to stop the guy who's mowing down the people with the AR-15. Mm-hmm. You can't just wait for him to say, "That's a pity." Right. He ran out of bullets. Exactly. And walk back in the White House like nothing happened. Exactly. And that's why it's frightening that this is happening before. This is a guy that is clearly in in cahoots with foreign dictators. Anti-democratic, anti-American, foreign dictators, and doing their bidding right before our eyes, having oh, secret you, meetings. Did you, the, did you see the? I know you're tired and everything, but no. <laughs> uh, did you see the statement from Bolsonaro today? I didn't see it today. No. Oh God! No, pardon no. me, turning away from the camera for a minute. Uh, this this made me want to bark at the moon. Uh, <laughs> Well, someone asked in the chat room, why didn't the founders start or want a parliamentary system? Do you know that? Do you know that answer? Uh, Well, yeah, because they had seen it at its worst. Right. And And they were trying to create something different and new. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they wanted and they wanted something uh, where there would be stability and reason. You know, there's that old perhaps apocryphal story about. Uh, Washington is the president of right. the Constitutional Convention, saying that the passions of uh, the hot passions of the House of Representatives uh, would be like the hot tea in the in the cup, mm. and that in the Senate, where cooler heads would prevail, that that they would it would be like pouring the tea into the saucer mm. to let it cool, mm-hmm. like a slow, deliberative body. Yeah, right. well, remember. Senate, word nerd, Senate comes from the Latin word senex, which means old. Old, old men. (laughs) It's a place for old men. It's a great place for 80-year-old women and 80-year-old men, at least according to the way it was conceived. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, it's all senex is also where we get the word senile. Mm. Well, there you go. Like uh, Uh, Chuck Grassley calling, saying that... Why that people who are upset that they're not getting uh, a, a a nice tax return now that Trump has robbed them, robbed the Treasury and given it to his pals? They that they why are they whining? 
and uh, they're stupid for expecting a tax return. And he, you know, he's the same old old man that's called working people. Hey, well, you you don't want to give working people tax breaks because they're going to spend it on booze and women and movies. He actually said that. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to find the Bolsonaro thing because. So what did this was today? Yeah. Um, well, anyway, while you're last, finding that, within the last day or so, uh, he he made some remark about how. Um, uh, he and Trump are uh, ideological right. fellow travelers against this and that. And, uh, and I'm, I'm trying to remember the phrase because it was so jarring. Um, fraudulent gender. Oh, wow. Are they talking about transgendered people? I think they're talking about anybody who's not straight. Oh, well, he's the one who he said that if he had a gay son, he would murder him or something. Am I wrong? Uh, uh, no, that was the West Virginia guy. Oh, <laughs> well, Bolsonaro, let me see. He said some of the things that he said. He reportedly f referred to black activists as animals who should go back to the zoo. And, and Trump and Bolsonaro are exchanging... Uh, Letters of uh, praise. Fake news and gender ideology. Mm. Wow. Gender ideology. And right. that was, okay, that was three days ago, but yeah. Then he said, well, he also said, I wouldn't rape you because you don't deserve it. He said to a congresswoman, uh, what else? He, uh, he later said he was not a rapist, and if he were, uh, but if he were, uh, would not rape he would not rape Rosario because she is ugly if he were a rapist and this guy won um what else did he say bolsonaro oh, it, and, and it's part it's part of a rising tide of fascism yes the world over it's right. like the sea levels are rising and so is the fascism and so i just saw this uh this i wish i had grabbed this as a maybe i'll do it during the during the break did you did you see this woman at this Steve Bannon event saying that she wishes she never wished for a dictator, but now she wishes Trump was the dictator. And uh, she got uh, a round of applause by the other uh, morons. Clap. clap, maggots, clap. Mm -hmm. that's, that's what you're clapping for. And the other it's just when I think about that, that's that's offensive, un-American, uh, it's traitorous. This is a woman you know has an American flag lapel pin or a MAGA hat, or she she loves uh, the flag. She don't don't kneel with that flag. You better get up and salute the flag. And then she's there yeah. talking about she wants Trump to be a dictator of of all people. Trump, Trump, a con man with a fake university and a vitamin scam. And tax, uh, a tax dodger who figured out yeah. ways to rob his father's company so he wouldn't have to pay taxes, who is a grifter, and his entire family of grifters. This is that's what he taught his family. That's what he's the 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 the, the family business is crime and grifting. Not even I mean they're they're just a crime family, and that happens they to have absolutely no morals or scruples and will say anything 
to get what they want. And that's and that includes the presidency. He's not Trump isn't smart. He's just willing to say anything. He's willing to tear people apart. He's willing to be an open. I mean, I think he totally is an open racist. There's no doubt in my mind that he's a filthy racist to the bone. And um, his entire family that and and the Republican Party just this last week with John McCain going after John McCain again. Yeah, uh, I mean, this is not. Uh, I don't think anybody's gonna. Uh, I don't think you and I are gonna get on the McCain family no, Christmas card no. list. <laughs> but even as somebody who opposed just about everything John McCain exactly. stood for, yes, as a Republican, exactly. Uh, you know. There's got to be some minimum standard of humanity. Right. And Julius Geezer can't meet it on a dare. You know, if somebody looked at him and said, I dare you not to be an asshole mm -hmm. for one blessed day, he couldn't do it. No. He could not do he it. He can't. And so that, that, that sort of loops us back to this Mueller business. If that, I mean... Do you remember we we went all the way to the Supreme Court to establish the principle, and Brett Kavanaugh was part and parcel of it, mm -hmm. that you could damned well depose a president in a civil suit over an act of consensual sex, right? Mm -hmm. But and and so the precedent was set. He, the, the president is amenable to subpoena. Right, exactly. So that was one of the tools in Robert Mueller's toolkit. And he refused to use it. Mm, why? He refused to use it. Well, because, they, right. because the White House didn't want to, and I guess he didn't have the stomach for the fight. Uh-huh, I guess so, right. Uh, how many times did the, uh, how many times did the uh, Mueller team interview Darling, I wanka. Right, exactly. Never. Exactly. Eric, never. Wow. Uh, did they? Did they? Uh, did they even interview Junior, Dim Son? Mm, I don't think so. Wow. Don't think so. Yeah, it's. And so, in this country, if your last name is Trump, and so, and 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 a federal prosecutor with all the majesty and power of the Department of Justice behind him says. Right. Uh, I want to depose you under oath. I've got a right to question you under oath. All you got to do is say, no, not going to. Uh, so what's an average American to think? Right. What happens if a U.S. attorney wants to depose uh, some guy down the block? Well, claim the Trump standard. No, right. not going to. <laughs> I don't think it'll fly for uh, the guy down no, the block. They'll, 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 put it, they'll put him under the jail. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is but, this is what I'm saying. This is the problem. But really. there, you know, we, we are we are we are being presented with stark images of of what John Edwards once called the two Americas, yep. and of the fact that we, and every now and then we get handed one of these cases where we're reminded that there is a multi-tiered system of justice, mm -hmm. justice for the poor, hard justice, brutal justice, right. Mercy, yeah, mercy for the rich, right, and the un the their otherwise blameless lives, except for when they're tax dodging, grifting, uh, setting up uh, lobbying firms with brutal dictators, and uh, just going around cre cre causing mayhem 
at, on a global scale. Yeah, but remember, they're job creators. <laughs> Which is another lie. So um, I just hope that the, the working class, uh, one of the things that get me uh, really angry about the Trump, the Trumpanzies, is that they're so easily duped by these these lies and it's their their racism and their it really comes down to their fear of the other and their 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 really entrenched racism that makes them susceptible to so much manipulation and it doesn't really they don't really have to uh try that hard that's what's so irritating they're not doing anything new to them it's the same old song that they've been saying that any autocrat sings right but the maggots are nothing new either Tara. right exactly the maggots yeah. are the teabaggers that's the it teabaggers were the bush voters mm -hmm. the bush vo uh, largely and uh, and and it goes all the way yes. back to uh, uh, uh the, the birchers were the clansmen yep it's all it's all just republicanism right. it's uh, all yeah that's all it is. that's what it is it's the, the people it's the people who were who were moved to tears when in August 1980 Ronald Wilson Reagan old 666 mm -hmm. himself opened his campaign at the Neshoba County right. Fairgrounds in in Neshoba County Mississippi the heart the beating heart of the Klan and delivered a speech right his big yep. first speech as the nominee on what States' yeah. rights. States' rights. Yeah. <laughs> and what does that mean? Actually, it's so. And this is how successful Republicans have been. I was another time having a friendly conversation with someone, a New Yorker, who I consider I thought is liberal. And as we were talking, uh, somehow the Civil War came up. Whatever you know, as it does. And uh, she said, um, "Well, the Civil War wasn't fought over slavery. It was fought." Uh for states' rights. And I was like, what? I, I mean... I, well, states' rights to own slaves, Exactly. I I mean, That's what I said. What And the states' right to do what? Uh, it was economics. Uh, the economics of slavery. It was... And um, it's in their their declarations of independence. Uh, uh, their independ ordinance of, success, of yeah. secession. Yeah. It, it says the... We are founded on the truth that the black, or I don't know how they said it, is not is inferior to the white man, or this just paraphrasing it. But and, uh, that the cornerstone speech by uh, the vice president of the Confederacy, it's he spells it out right there. Yeah. That that's their entire. Could you imagine? That's their entire. That's their mission statement. We're we are subjugating an entire, not even race of people. That's what, it's not even race. There's no race. It's just humans. It's the human race. We're, we're subjugating people who have darker pigment than us. And that's uh, their founding cornerstone principle. And they still, these, the, the heirs, the successors of that ideology still have entirely too much power in this country i believe and uh, well, there's still look there's still there's still slavery money yep uh fueling uh the, the economic engines of this country <laughs> well I mean, it, it really is you yeah. uh, and organizations like georgetown university mm -hmm. that's true who had to acknowledge 
that that institution at one point in time stayed alive by literally selling human beings down the river. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, we just got a note from Paul in Arizona uh -huh. who says uh, you guys are looking great, oh, which great. is kind of a. Yes, well, Bob. I saw. I actually should have grabbed it. I will. I'll go back and get it. Someone in uh, in the YouTube chat said Bob looks great, so I'm going to grab that for and, you. And I think we can tell a little <laughs> tale out of school. You and I have talked about the fact. I, I've got this antipathy toward doing video. Uh huh. Because you know, even as we were going live, you know, my internal monologue is saying, "Don't pick your nose." Don't pick your nose. <laughs> right. Uh, but it's it's it, it helps. It's it's quite reassuring to me because at yeah. some point in time, I'm just gonna have to go and turn on the camera. Yes, exactly. You are, and then and this is great. People people like it, so. They're enjoying it, and you're getting a lot of compliments. So that's one one reason to do well, thank it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I I did. I, we all have that. Uh, we're our own worst critics. I didn't want to do it either. Sometimes I mean, I look like I I didn't sleep since yesterday. I'm racked with anxiety. I this is I look like whatever. I'm not. I don't have a uh, somebody who does my hair and makeup. It's it is what it is. I, like anything, I had to make a decision. I'm actually talking myself off the ledge a little bit right now. Because in a lot of ways, you have to just make a decision to not listen to that negative oh. voice. And actually, when I said that, I'm saying, well, take your own advice. Because my, my negative voice of, I'm going to die alone, I'm going to be broke, I'm going to be homeless, I'm going to look back and say, well, at least I had a website. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had some merch that the, that yeah, was right yeah right there on the stone. You know, yeah, born, I had a died, merch. had a website. Yeah. yeah, had a liberal website. Had we had a lot of followers on, uh, but whatever. You know what it is too on on Facebook is really irritating. Facebook doesn't monetize any of our videos. They don't. I don't know. It's really. I wish they would. Frankly, it would help. But well, they, perhaps if you talk with Russian accent, <laughs> exactly. Maybe if I give them some rubles under the table, but they. And they, um, they also don't, if you post something, like if I have some new product in the merch store that we want to plug, they, they like don't, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't appear in people's feeds. So that's, they limit it unless you pay. That's how, it, that's how it is. You have to pay to boost it. So it right. will go to all your followers and yeah, it's just, play. yeah, it's bullshit. And that's why. They, they, I get irritated. I've said this before. I have to apologize before I to say it again to everybody who listens regularly. But the Breitbart empire of assholes, they, they have the Mercer family. They've had the Mercer family backing them. The Mercer family yeah. paid Andrew Breitbart. They gave, gave him $6 million to start that effing rag. And they bought a townhouse for that the, them in Washington. They staffed it, and that's what that's how they are so popular. That's be, that's how it became what it is. Because returning a profit is not in their business model. It is about everything we've been talking about. It is about well, a they get to write it off. Mm -hmm. Right. All right. Uh, either as a as a charitable contribution to a tax exempt organization. 
or even if it's uh, even if it's just bought something deemed something they bought. Yes. The cost of doing business. That's what it is. It's they. It is the the return on investment are are all the dumbasses that vote Republican and vote for their own demise. That they go on Breitbart and they get their their racist funny bones tickled. And they cheer, they, they and they get taught to cheer their own demise. So. Yeah, or, you know, goddamn right-wing anti-vaxxers who take their kids to chicken pox parties oh. to own the libs. Yes. Right, own the libs. I mean, that's another, let, can we put a pin in that? Because I would like to talk about owning the libs. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to put something more than a yeah. pin in Because uh, we're going to take a break now for eight minutes to do our little breaky poo i don't know why i call it a breaky poo but i'm gonna get some coffee and thank you bob because even oh, after this we, is a blast i know i wish we can go on uh, for another two hours but the uh, when i after we spoke on the phone today this is this this is why i need you and i need this community and we do stick together we win because even after we spoke i was I went back into that, you know, I got down again. But now I I kind of, all right, I need the constant, uh, val- not validation. It's just, it's going to be okay. We're, yeah. Yeah. So. Camaraderie. Collegiality. Exactly. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, okay, guys, I'm going to play this. We got the Green News Report, and then we have Labor History in Two. So that's eight minutes, and we'll be back on the other side. So let, I want to talk about what, what what would you put a pin in? <laughs> what, I told you to put a pin in it. What was it? I want to talk about it. What did you oh. say? Come on, guys. Help me okay, out. Me oh, Anybody want to help me out in the chat room? Are, are uh, we? You see, that I had a break. I, I, I have an excuse. I haven't slept in 24 hours, so. Um, what did we say? Let's put a pin in that. Oh, li- owning the libs. Owning yeah, the owning libs. the libs. Owning the libs. I just like, well, and we also want to talk about what you're going to do in Washington. That's another thing because Bob is yeah. doing some great work, and we talk about sticking together and winning. We we're going to need um, people's help to call their Congress people and representatives to uh, get behind the, what Bob is uh, Bob's lobbying efforts for the Appalachian Community Health. Uh, and mountaintop removal. So, uh, all right, guys, we, let's just do this break. And uh, my name is Tara Devlin. We're talking with Bob Kincaid. He's co-hosting Tara Buster because I had a call for backup today. And uh, I'll see you on the other side. <laughs> Now, the top of the hour on the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn presents the Green News Report. Fifteen states are under watches and warnings as floodwaters rush downstream. Staggering economic losses from extreme weather and historic floods in the upper Midwest. Most of the threats from climate change are 50 to 75 years out. Trump EPA Chief Wheeler pushes more dangerous delay on climate change. We are running out of runway to be able to fix this problem. While 2020 Democratic presidential candidates push climate change solutions. Plus, 
Federal judge blocks oil and gas drilling in Wyoming in Holy Grail ruling. All of those stories and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. I think it'd be great to have someone who believes in science and gravity in the White House. I think that would be great. Dreamer, this is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, big news out of a, uh, a federal court concerning oil and gas drilling in Wyoming, but maybe even more states? Yes, this could be a very big deal. A federal judge this week temporarily halted oil and gas drilling on nearly 500 square miles in Wyoming, ruling that the Trump Bureau of Land Management violated federal law in failing to account for climate change impacts when selling oil and gas leases. He ruled that the government must consider climate change impacts more broadly when it leases huge swaths of public land for drilling. The judge ordered the BLM to redo a full environmental analysis. But the ruling could have major implications for the fight to stop the expansion of oil and gas drilling on public lands. Jeremy Nichols of Wild Earth Guardians, one of the plaintiffs in the case, said, quote, this is the holy grail ruling we've been after that calls into question the legality of oil and gas leasing that is happening everywhere. So basically the judge is saying that the government must take into account the cumulative effect of burning all of this oil and gas that is being pulled out of the ground rather than just the immediate environmental effect of opening up a drilling site? Exactly. That is a big deal. In Texas, firefighters finally extinguished that massive fire at a petrochemical storage facility near Houston. The cause of the fire is still unknown. Company officials had reassured skeptical residents that the giant plume of toxic chemical smoke across the region was not hazardous to people's health. But on Thursday morning, Deer Park City officials issued a shelter-in-place order after elevated levels of extremely toxic benzene were detected. Yeah, but the company says there's nothing to worry about, so I'm just going to go with that, Des. Meanwhile, in the record flooding in the upper Midwest, the staggering economic impacts are starting to come into focus. While it will take time for climate scientists to do an attribution study to determine the exact fingerprint of global warming on this particular flood event, preliminary estimates indicate that the economic losses to farmers and ranchers in Nebraska alone could top $1 billion. And it's not over yet. New snow melt and spring rains could create additional flooding in weeks ahead, putting pressure on already compromised levees. So keep that in mind when you hear that the Trump Environmental Protection Agency Administrator Andrew Wheeler this week dismissed climate change, saying that unsafe drinking water around the world is a much bigger global threat. That's a, that's a crisis that I think we can solve. Most of the threats from climate change are 50 to 75 years out. Oh, so why worry? <laughs> well, the EPA's own recent national climate assessment states outright that, quote, the impacts of climate change are already being felt in communities across the country. Wow. Someone ought to tell Andrew Wheeler, the head of the Environmental Protection Agency. 
But Democrats have proposed mobilizing the nation to address climate change now through the Green New Deal resolution, the only plan put forth by anyone in politics so far that is commensurate with the speed and scope that scientists say is necessary to deal with the climate impacts that are already here today and the worse impacts that are projected for coming decades. In a CNN town hall this week, Democratic Senator and 2020 presidential candidate Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts slammed the Trump administration's climate science denial as dangerous to the nation. We need to be thinking about infrastructure in terms of hardening our infrastructure against the climate change that's coming our way and in terms of building green energy infrastructure. Warren's urgency was underscored by South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg, also a 2020 Democratic presidential hopeful on Fox News. We have got to do this. This this timetable isn't being set in Congress. It's being set by reality. It's being set by science. And it's going to hit those deadlines are going to hit in our climate with or without us. And so we have to act. What the Green New Deal gets right is it recognizes there's also a lot of economic opportunity in this. Retrofitting buildings means a huge amount of jobs for the building trades in this country. I view that as a good thing. Oh, Mayor Pete, a timetable set by reality. That is so 2015. (laughs) For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find us, follow us, and share us planet-wide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. Reality used to be a friend of mine. Reality used to be a friend of mine. Maybe why it's a question that's on your mind. Please help progressive voices support the Green News Report by stopping by bradblog.com slash donate. I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1947. That was the day President Harry S. Truman signed Executive Order 9835. It is commonly referred to as the Loyalty Order. It required the screening of millions of federal civil servants and applicants. 9835 is considered one of the key preconditions for the rise of the McCarthyite Red Scare. It established a loyalty review board, a master index of those investigated, and definitions determining alleged disloyalty. Disloyalty could mean sedition, espionage, or advocating revolution. It could also mean membership or sympathetic association with movements considered totalitarian, fascist, communist, or subversive. Soon, the Attorney General's list of subversive organizations was published. It amounted to a blacklist. In their book, The 50s, Douglas Miller and Marion Nowak comment, between the launching of his security program in March of 1947 and December of 1952, some 6.6 million persons were investigated. Not a single case of espionage was uncovered, though about 500 persons were dismissed in dubious cases of questionable loyalty. All of this was conducted with secret evidence, secret and often paid informants, and neither judge nor jury. Despite the failure to find subversion, the broad scope of the official red hunt gave popular credence to the notion that government was riddled with spies. President Dwight Eisenhower would revoke 9835 with his executive order 10450, but this order dismantled the loyalty boards by transferring power to federal agents. It also expanded investigations to include those engaged in immoral or disgraceful behavior. This included what is considered sexual deviance and led to the witch hunting and discrimination against gays and lesbians in civil service.
All right, guys, we're back. My name is Tara Devlin, and we have a special guest for the entire two hours, Bob Kincaid from Head On Radio Network. And you can listen to Bob at headon.live. And from six to eight every 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 weekday, right? Six to nine. You, I'm always used to saying six to eight. But yeah, I should do. I don't know. I should do a lot of things, but I wish I could do a lot of things. <laughs> I hope. I mean, I don't want to have a a list of regrets when I die. I'm just in a bad mood, guys. I'm sorry. I get depression. I fight depression. I, uh, and I've done well actually thinking of, speaking of, um, uh, making a choice and making a decision. And that's really was, I had this epiphany once that, and it really saved my life and I'll share it. Hope maybe it'll help somebody that, that you don't wait to be happy. You don't wait for the right circumstances. You, you make a choice. I don't know if that's something that is, uh, for me, it blew my mind when I realized it that I wasn't. I would. I was just sitting around waiting to feel better or waiting to be happy. Let's say or be in a good. Like sometimes I would wake up and be like, "Oh, I'm in a bad mood," and then it would just be, "Oh, that's the whole day is you're in a bad mood." But the fact is, you're. I was talking myself into it. You know what I mean? And I realized that I had a choice. Like everything was a choice. If I had a choice whether to use drugs or drink. That was only the first choice. Then I had a whole other bunch of other choices I had to make. One was, how was I going to be, behave in the world or act, you know, and, and, and speak to myself in the world? Or, and then I, because I thought, life is so short and why am I wasting it being, uh, being miserable and unhappy? Right, Absolutely. The wasting of time because that's really the only it's a, it is like you say the finite resource and the that's why I'm not the kind of person that can just sit and watch TV or I mean now and then if I'm sick or so the, I would take time on Sunday night at nine o'clock that would be the time that I just watch like I'll watch Game of Thrones and I can't wait for Game of Thrones to come back on and I could just tune out yeah. Oh, it's going to be great. I'm all, I was always on Team Khaleesi anyway, so we'll see what happens. But uh, as Trump would say, let's see what happens. But I, er, you see how Trump has ruined everything? <laughs> you, <laughs> you can't say what, see. Hey, guys, this is Tara. I'm sorry I'm cutting in to the show because right about here, when we came back from the break, Bob didn't have his microphone on. It was you know, one of those things, these technical things that happen and uh we couldn't hear him so all you hear is me and uh, bob's audio sounds really bad and i'm just filling up the space right now before we finally realize it and come back and we pick bob up so now thank you for listening and hanging in and enjoying the show and please give us a good review on itunes buy some merch become a patron all that stuff and let's continue with tonight's very special Tarabuster featuring the amazing friend and ally Bob Kincaid. Wait a minute. They say oh no, they say they can't hear you. What? Oh. I mean, I'm 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 here. I'm I'm sending. 
I hear him. You guys hear him? Okay. I hope that was. I hope we recorded that. I mean, I could hear you, so I'm hoping yeah. that it's on the recording. Well, you know, one of the things, and and this is running off into the weeds of tech. Um, I, I, I was kind of surprised when you opened the program and when you ran the break at the top, mm. at the middle, rather. Uh, none of that audio comes through to me. Oh yeah, I don't know. I think um, maybe one day we could get on the phone and figure that out. Maybe it should, sort that out. Yeah, it should come to you. Uh, I had it. Uh, I had fixed it where whatever videos I was playing that that people could hear them, but it doesn't work anymore. I had to, I did an update on the the program is called Loopback. It loops the audio back, and oh. it's uh, not. I, I should actually. I, I need yeah maybe one day we can just get on the phone and do that anyway but, but, but we have to go back because uh, we got multiple messages reminding us about owning uh, not vaccinating oh. to own the libs oh yeah to own the libs well uh, one of the see this is another thing that I get irritated by I think I've said that about five times tonight just getting irritated uh, I'm very irritable in general about I- ignorance and stupidity and the the just the fact that you are that your your motivation is owning the libs is making somebody else upset is you you will cut your nose to spite your face you will do away with your own health care you you'll cut your mommy's social security she'll uh you'll drink filthy water you'll I mean, we could name it and go on and on. You'll 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 take crap wages and and on. I'm going and, to throw away my Nike tennis shoes that I paid two hundred dollars for to right, own the libs. To own the libs, and that, I'm going to blow up my uh, you know product placement. Right, right. right. Gotta, we're, wor- <laughs> we're working here, people. Right. Uh, I'm going to blow up my eight hundred dollar Yeti cooler. Mm-hmm. Right. Because Yeti said they won't do business with the National Ruble Association anymore. Right. right. Exactly. Exactly. So well, that's you, know, you. You do that, Cletus, and I hope you feel so right. much better. Oh, I am. So, I got. I am so owned. Right. And that they. That's. And the thing that drives me insane is that the. I've heard the co- people on the corporate media talking about that. Well, they just like to own the libs, and that's what. That's. But they don't. They don't finish. They don't complete it. They don't, the fact is they should continue that sentence with, and that is why they are fundamentally unfit to hold leadership positions in a modern nation. Right. If that's your motivation, because your motivation should not be – it's not just owning the live. It should be uh, creating a government that works for all and, and promoting the general welfare in a country. Right. What is a country? With, well, if where, not, where are the – where do you, and I don't mean you, I mean mm-hmm. the generic you, where do you get off thinking that you have some individual right to not vaccinate your kids, right. but the rest of us don't have a right to tell you to piss up a rope? Right, exactly. And that you can't, you can't bring your disease-bearing spawn into the public space? Mm-hmm. You know. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So that's what I mean. It's just another the the this whole um, left right parody thing that that is that goes on all the time as if the right wing is that as if they have a legitimate position when their position is is illegitimate 
from the get-go. Just what are everything that they are advancing is based in bullshit. Owning the libs, um, the uh, everything. First of all, just their whole rolling ideology. Coal. Rolling coal, rolling mm-hmm, coal. Mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. with the diesel smoke. Mm-hmm. Um, another great example. Uh, there are people now out there who call themselves ice people, internal combustion engine. I heard of this. And they will park yes, in front of electric car chargers. Right. To own the lid. Right, because they, they're they driving in these old gas guzzlers and they're, they're owning, they'll take up all the spots in the, uh, in the charging stations just to piss people off. And that is, um, and they think that's a legitimate way to act and function in a democracy. And that's why what's so what's so um, upsetting when you see other countries. Now they did the whole the happiness index again. Of course, the United States is in is tanking and and going We're lower. We're twenty six. Yeah. We're twenty six. <laughs> and we're USA. going clo- uh, lower. And partly, and, and they. Why is it that these other countries, these socialist countries, are they're happier? They because they don't have to deal with assholes like this, that the assholes aren't in charge. The the people who are emotionally capable of functioning in a diverse that well, even well, their societies aren't as diverse, but in a democratic society that they're they're the ones that have uh, uh, the uh, that have the power. They um, and nobody, even the right wing people the writer wing or the conservatives in those countries are looking to do away with socialist uh programs like health care and uh six weeks vacation and uh you know like we were talking earlier when you if you get sick in germany you get 80 percent of your salary while you're recovering right and they can't just like what happened to me they can't uh, as a freelancer. This is the whole new the new normal in this country. You're in this gig economy. I'm in this friggin' gig economy, and it sucks. It's stressing me out to the point. Like I said, I did not sleep all night last night for anxiety. How could right. you live? How could you be a happy country? And 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 what does that do then? To it's not just. I mean, I'm just using myself as an example now. But how many other people? Are racked with anxiety. They're worried about medical bills. They're worried about their neck, their kids' medical bills, or their next whatever. They're hanging by a thread yeah. in this country, and there's nothing to catch them. And that, and the Republicans and the conservatives, whatever these fascists, they believe, oh well, you're free to die. You're die in the street. But that doesn't make a great country. It just remember, makes us suckers. Remember when Ron Paul, uh, God, what was it? The 2012 Republican primaries. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, what do you want to do? Right. Oh, Just yeah. let them die in yeah, the hallways. Yeah. And OK. And then that college auditorium yes. full of Republicans clapped. And they screamed. Like the let Beatles them die. Had just walked yeah. back on stage. No, I remember and the idea of yeah. letting their fellow Americans simply. That's perish. right. They uh, I remember they screamed out, let them die. That's. That's who we're talking about. These are people uh, that are unfit. And they're, and they're Christian. Right. That's the other thing. And, and it, it really uh, goes down to racism. And I say that be, and it's the mm-hmm. truth because it's the truth. Because we, if, you, does. if you scratch the surface, because they don't, they don't want themselves to die. They don't want their, their, their mammies and their pappies to die or their sisters or their brothers. It's they just don't want to live and share a community 
that uh, shares with people who are a little uh, browner than them. That's what it comes down to. When you scratch the surface of all their ignorance, let them die, let them die. And how is that something to be proud of, too? And, and it's the hypocrisy is so uh, blatant as well, because these are the same people, as you say, they're not only Christians, but when, uh, let's say, on 9-11, oh, we'll move heaven and earth to save one American life, right? We'll go, we're in a war that's lasting 20 years now uh, to save, make sure uh, one American life. Uh, and it's uh, the, but they won't lift a pinky to save how many Americans that are, that are dying now? How many people like cutting their insulin in half or uh, whatever, choosing between rent and medicine? Or it goes on and on in this gig-ass economy. And then what happens when you, like, as if, like, uh, you know, go drive an Uber. Go drive, uh, uh, be a, uh, whatever, Instacart delivery person. Or what, it's your, everybody is on their own. There's no, they keep you, us, isolated. But I think, I think we need to remember that this, uh, this is a long, long-term goal. This is the. Uh, the, what's going on now to be a little mm -hmm. crass is the money shot oh, yeah. of a Republican wet dream that is <sighs> generations old. Okay. Exactly. Because you always have to, I always think back to Milton Friedman mm -hmm. at the university of Chicago saying that the last thing that matters in an economic model is the working people. Oh. And if you want to be successful, wow. what you have to do is keep the working class scared to death right wow because a terrified working class will work longer for less and make more money uh, right. for the for, for the, the investor for class the and the ownership yeah. class mm -hmm. and that's it yeah I mean, and, and that i'm not sure exactly what the dates are but god almighty i think it's i think it's the 60s maybe even the 50s that he's writing this mm, stuff these filthy and, bastards and and uh, the, the transformation of the progressive Adam Smith's idea of capitalism into this nightmare predatory uh, product that, uh, that that was handed to us by a, 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 a stupid, cranky woman named I.A. and Rand. Oh, I hate her. <laughs> hate. You know? I, oh, I thought we were supposed to be so tolerant, liberals. Why are you hating Ayn Rand? Well, she's a sociopath and, um, you know. Uh, don't leave out the hypocrite part where yeah. she signed right up for Social Security. Oh, of course. And Medicaid, when her filthy, you know, she smoked however many six packs a day or something. And I, I think I'm exaggerating. But she found out that what she said was that uh, doctors cost more than books sell or something like that. And yeah. she realized, oh, well, I need my Social Security and Medicare now. After, after spending a lifetime calling those on Social Security and Medicare parasites. And takers. Takers, yes, yes, takers. That's the other thing, makers and takers. That, that, that's, and, and the other thing before, I mean, we, I'm looking at the time, and I, I want to talk about what you're doing in Washington, but one, before we jump into that, and I, I just, um, earlier I was thinking, uh, when we talk about John McCain, how the, the Republicans are disparaging John McCain, they have no they 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 really are when you when you see that they've hit bottom, 
you the there go you think they're at the bottom then the trap door opens and they're going down like 50 levels to dante's I, seventh circle of of whatever it's beyond i i i never thought i would see the i, I mean I, well i mean i guess i know i knew that they had it in them but anyway i just never thought i would see it actualized in front of my face all the time right. constantly but th- they we're all kind of looking back on Bush and uh, these older Republicans, these uh, as sort of like with a fondness. At least they weren't uh, they weren't outright fascists. I, I mean, they were. We were we were warning about fascism. Yeah, but they knew which fork to use with the mm-hmm. shrimp. Right. They didn't completely embarrass us. And they knew that you wouldn't. That even whatever they said privately or wink, wink in their dog whistles, that you wouldn't just come right out and uh, and call Nazis very fine people. So um, whether they, uh, even though they 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 wanted them in their base, of course. But this disparaging of the systems of democracy, which is why we're in a, in a lot of danger. And one thing that uh, what's his name, Clyburn. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to play the clip because you can't hear it. They, um, what's his name? The Democratic congressman who, who the Republicans are losing their minds because he was calling, he said that he, Trump is like Hitler. He's, uh, yeah. he's following the same uh, blueprint. And uh, of course he is. And they're all, oh, he's Hitler. But anyway, but what? Well, what if it, it honks like a goose and it steps like a goose. Right. That's what it is. And, um, but I, what it reminded me of what's going on now, it's the, not just the creeping fascism, but the creeping destruction of the, the entire democracy, which is when, remember when they had, uh, when John Kerry was, uh, was um, what, what do you call it, uh, running for president, and yeah. they had the Purple Heart Band-Aids. Oh, God, and, yeah. Uh, I will never forget that. And when, the, I mean, that was how many Support years troops, ago? Support the troops, y'all. Right, right. Support the troops. And then they disparaged this, a, a soldier who was wounded in battle for as if he didn't deserve it. He was making it up. He was, oh, he just had a little, uh, he had a pinky, he had a paper cut. And... They that that's the Republican Party have been whittling away at decency for decades. So Trump, um, I've I've said it before. I'm sure you've said it. We've said it. Mike Malloy said it. That he is just the symptom, and uh, he is really kind of an inevitable uh, outcome to of the. He's the worst common yeah. denominator of uh, everything that they have ever. Well, I mean, it, it, it's always it's always a continuum. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, there's a continuum that runs from Barry Goldwater, right? Uh, George Wallace, although he was allegedly a Democrat, you know, he can he appealed to a deeply racist conservative base. Um, Reagan, mm-hmm. right? Okay, exactly. I, and and I think for purposes of adults of say my age, mid fifties, Reagan is that demarcation line mm-hmm. where everything starts to go to hell. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and, and, you know, the irony of that is that everything goes to hell under a guy who said he was, and this is, have you seen the documentary, get me Roger Stone? I haven't because my stomach uh, can't handle it. 
it, it was tough. <laughs> but one of the most telling moments, Tara, was a photograph, and it, 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 they talk about how Roger Stone worked for Reagan. And there's a photograph of Reagan standing in front uh, with the Statue of Liberty in the background, and there's a banner behind him, and it, and it reads, Make America right. Great Again. Yes, yes, right. I mean, Reminds me of uh, Richard Dreyfus in Jaws. You know, this is not a boating accident. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's a predator. There's a predator on the loose. Mm, mm, mm. It is, and uh, yeah, yeah, it is. There is a predator, and it's the it's the GOP. They are, as we see, they're just as complicit as the senators of Rome, who, uh, when uh, Augustus killed their, well, before it was Augustus, he was Octavian. When he was still Octavian and he and Mark Antony were murdering the senators who opposed him. And yeah. they, okay, well, I'm going to go along to get along here. I don't want to yeah. get murdered. And uh, that's the that was the end. That was the end of a 400-year republic uh, that um, we're, we're just a fledgling here. We've never even had that strength that they had or the, or this, um, this wariness about Kings and monarchy and aristocracy. But I, anyway, I just, uh, I don't know. I just think we are, we are sometimes I think we're so far gone that it's, uh, how well, can we come and back? I mean, but... I'm not trying to make people depressed or anything. <laughs> think this presidency while symptomatic, in terms of the number of norms that it has overturned, yes, the odds of us being healed completely from it, right, are pretty slim. Yeah, how can we ever come back? We can't. I mean, unless uh, I, we hence henceforward, we're going to have a tweeting president, right? Uh, and uh, and uh, how how is it okay? That's why it's when. when Ford pardoned Nixon, and when part of it, yeah, it, it's this snowball that just allowed the the our king and uh, to get away with it, whatever the hell he wanted to get away. He didn't have fear of the people. The, they they literally lied us into a war where thousands of Americans died, and we're still pouring money and blood into this this this. Uh, this dead end street of oil of uh, this archaic energy uh, for in the name of Halliburton and Dick Cheney. Right. And they literally lied us into a war that killed Americans. And, um, you know, George Bush gets to paint pictures of his toes and go on bike rides with the, with the veterans whose limbs he had blown off to thanks to his, uh, yeah. I mean, the fact that, we allow we're a you know democratic republic we allowed this to happen that a and that the king i guess could send uh the pawns to die and there's nothing we can do about it but wave the flag right. i suppose and uh and and uh scream at uh a town hall when any uh senator or congressperson tries to give us health care I'm. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. So let's uh, let's talk about what you're doing. Let's get some hope okay. in the room, and because uh, uh, as much as I feel 
sometimes very down and despondent. Um, we, 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 we don't give up. We have to continue no. to fight. And Bob is really the sh- Bob Kincaid for those who just started listening or tuning in or whatever. Where uh, Bob is somebody who puts his money where his mouth is. He's not just a uh, a, a liberal talk show host and uh, just an amazing person. You actually go to Washington and lobby for the community that has has been so ravaged by the coal industry and the the entire the community that is uh that a lot of people forget about so well uh, yeah and uh just by way of a kind of a primer for anybody who doesn't know what mountaintop removal is Mm -hmm. it is a process of coal extraction that doesn't require much in the way of working people Mm -hmm. and is equipment and um and, and explosive intensive so between, say, the late 90s and now, rough, uh, on average, probably about 3 million pounds of ammonium nitrate fuel oil explosives are used every day but Christmas in West Virginia alone. But it also takes place in, in southwest Virginia, in eastern Kentucky, and in northeast Tennessee. And entire mountains are flattened to get at seams of coal that may be, you know, six, eight mm, inches thick. Mm, mm. And the only do the only, it's not because we're desperate for the coal. Right. It's because it's quick and it's dirty and, and it's cheap. Right. And a lot of, and a lot of people who aren't us get really, really rich doing it. Right. Uh, so in the process of doing that, when all those blasts are set off, the sandstone that sits above the coal is pulverized into these microfine particles that under a uh, an electron microscope look like jagged glass. Right. Mm. You don't know you're breathing them in, but you are. Mm. And when they get inside your body, they behave like jagged glass. Right. But they do so on a subcell on a subcellular level. So they can penetrate, and one of these particles can penetrate an individual cell and wreak havoc in the nucleus. Wow. Uh, There's a health study, one of many, but this one uh, was done by the Mary Bab Randolph Cancer Center in West Virginia. And they took human lung tissue, and they subjected it to the functional equivalent uh, dose of eight years of being around blasting. Mm. And for instance, well, we've been breathing this crap for 21 years. But at the eight-year mark, full-on cancer processes were happening. Mm. So there's a direct relationship. Right. And uh, other statistics, uh, there are more than 900 statistical excess deaths in West Virginia's mountaintop removal uh, communities, counties, Every year, and a way to put that in perspective, uh, you remember when when we were shocked and horrified and sickened to find out that the neglect that the Trump regime had subjected Puerto Rico to had resulted in two thousand nine hundred and seventy five more deaths than were counted. Right. Well, that's the same mathematical and statistical methodology 
that was used to determine that 900 right. people die every year hmm. in West Virginia's MTR counties. So 20, really? 2,900, yeah, 2,975 dead in Puerto Rico. Um, 20,000 dead in West Virginia, right. without counting hmm. Kentucky, Southwest Virginia, or Northeast Tennessee. And so back about 2009, the science started coming out. By 2011, um, we were beginning to say, listen, uh, you can't regulate this. There's no way to do this right. We've got to just stop it. We've got to make it illegal. And so we asked around, and we were told by people who talk with their teeth clenched mm. that, uh, well, this just is at the time, the political climate is right. right. <laughs> and so we said to hell with it, and being cantankerous hillbillies, we went and we got a bill introduced in Congress in 2012 mm -hmm. that is called the Appalachian Communities Health Emergency Act, ACH, mm -hmm. for sure. And it puts a, it puts a moratorium on new mountaintop removal permits and mandates the Department of Health and Human Resources to fully fund a deep, deep dive epidemiological study into why, why it kills people. Right. And it's been introduced in every Congress since. But something historic is about to happen. And that is in uh, about two weeks, or maybe yeah, yeah, less than, the ACE Act is going to be reintroduced in this Congress. It will be the first time that it has been introduced into a body of the Congress that has any interest in seeing in advance. Right. So uh, it's going to be reintroduced by its uh, original sponsor, uh, Representative John Yarmouth of Kentucky. He's also the chair of the budget committee, but he doesn't sit on the committee that's going to hear it. So on a week from tomorrow, I'm going to leave for Washington, D.C., and I'm going to be gone for 10 or 11 days. Mm -hmm. And my colleague, Bo Webb, and I, and Bo, Bo runs the campaign, and he, he runs it uh, with, a, with, a, with a determination that I think you probably only get from somebody who's been in the Marine Corps because he, he's a right. Vietnam vet Marine. And he and I are going to spend those 10 days going to as many uh, Democratic House members' offices mm -hmm. and talking to as many people as will talk to us, urging them to get on this bill. Right. And so given what happened in November— and it really did turn out to be a blue wave. I mean, there's 40 new members of the House who are Democrats. Right. Yes. So we have to assume that's 40 new members of the House who have never, ever even heard right. mountaintop removal. Mm. So it's going to be our job to go and educate them uh, about what mountaintop removal is and about its health impacts and about the public health crisis in Appalachia and tell them that there is a way forward, that there right. is a solution, and that the ACE Act is that solution.
So when you so, go, oh sorry, go ahead. No, Finish. please go ahead. No, but no. when you go to these the when you go to Washington and you're lobbying, how do you get into these uh in the, into the offices? Do you get to meet with the senators and the other Congress people? Never. Almost never. Right. Uh you meet with a staffer. Mm. Uh, unless you just happen to run into somebody on the street and then you kind of go, hey. Right, right. Uh, but mostly you're meeting with a legislative assistant or the legislative aide for environmental matters. Uh, it's traditionally treated as an environmental issue. For me, it's not. Right. It's an existential issue. Sure. It is a human rights yeah. issue. It's an, env- it's an environmental justice issue. Right. But it is a human rights Absolutely. issue. Absolutely. It's like the anti-vaxxers who think they have a right to make my kids sick. Right. Well. The coal industry thinks it has a right to indiscriminately poison and kill tens of thousands of human beings. Right. Well, they do. They still do. I mean, didn't Trump just order? I don't know the whole story. It's just coming to my mind right now that Trump, uh, he did something that he, of course, is something that Obama did. He, he rolled it back so that his pal. Oh, the clean power plan. Yeah. Uh, sure. And uh, they just nixed an actual George W. Bush uh, Energy Department official because he was insufficiently devoted to bringing coal-fired power plants back online. Mm. Uh, I mean, uh, that's, you know, and that guy was a monster back then, but he's not enough of a monster to make the Trump regime happy. So one of the one of the other aspects to all of this is that, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the uh, Green New Deal. Mm -hmm. And of course, there's no legislation to go with it. It it is merely an aspirational resolution that has that was concurrently introduced in the House and the Senate. Um, All the focus has been on Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez because she lives rent free in the in, in between the ears of every Republican on earth. <laughs> exactly. But it was introduced in the Senate by Ed Markey. Mm-hmm. Nobody's out there shrieking about Ed Markey. Right. But regardless, there's no actual legislation with it. It's just ideas. And what makes the ACAC so special is that it is a real live concrete means of reducing uh, CO2 emissions, because if we can end mountaintop removal, that means that that coal stays in the ground. Right, right. And it has so, to. So that's part of reaching out. And then the biggest part of it all is that I'm of the understanding that in the second week of April, real live, no kidding, history is going to be made. Because the House of Representatives Natural Resources Committee is going to hold a hearing on the health impacts of mountaintop removal and on the ACAC. Oh, wow. It's never happened. That's amazing. But it means that possibly somewhere down the road in this Congress, the ACAC may actually pass. And how long have you been lobbying for this ACAC? Seven years, and I've been almost 20 years in the overall movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is is getting to the mountaintop and and, getting a glimpse of the future. Well, and it is another example of never giving up, frankly. It's... uh, Uh, 
that you don't give up. You fight the battles again and again and again. And when you're when you're on the right side of history and the right side of humanity, we we know that we are. We know that you are. And we we know that coal is of yesterday. Yeah. It's going away. Yeah. Yes. And it's time it's all it's only a matter of time. Coal, oil, all these archaic energy systems, they're they're in the last throes. And it's like any uh, any fierce monster in the last throws that's uh, it's re- trying to hold on because I mean sure. they they're just trying to they, I, that's the other thing I can't stand about these uh, oil barons or whatever you are uh, the the elite in the one percent they can't they can't figure out another way to make a buck they're such innovators right but they have to hold on to this filthy archaic energy and drag us all down with them. No matter who they kill, no matter what, how they damage the environment, um, because they they can't seem to figure out how else to make a buck unless they can poison Earth, and it doesn't matter. Everybody be damned. Uh, Not the sharpest knives in the drawer right. when you, like, you look at it. You think if they were way. so um, amazing and innovative, and they were such entrepreneurs, they could come up with something else. They could come up with a something that doesn't kill people, doesn't send uh, people to cold early graves, or destroy right. mountains, beautiful and, and, un- and understand understand even outside of mountaintop removal, for a hundred years or more in this region, coal's been killing people. Right. Coal started killing people the minute there started being a coal industry. We're literally talking about probably upwards of a hundred thousand right. people dead. Over the course of maybe a century. Right. And so I do have an ask yes. uh, for, the, for the people who are listening. And it is this. If you have a Democratic member of, of the House who represents you, please look them up, find their, find their uh, official website, click on the contact link. And just send them an email and say, I know that the Appalachian Communities Health Emergency Act, the ACE Act, is going to be reintroduced in this Congress soon. I'm counting on you as my representative. Uh, I'm counting on you as my representative to get on board, co-sponsor the legislation, and when it comes time, vote in favor of its passage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if you want to make a phone call, that's cool too. But they need to know they, they, they because ordinarily somebody in say, oh I don't know, Minnesota might uh, somebody in Minnesota might say, you know, well why do you care about that? Mm-hmm. Well I care about it because I'm an American. And the people that are being killed in Appalachia are Americans right. just like yeah. me. And if they could be so, killed by this this big oil, big uh, coal, and this uh, rapacious corporate system, we're all we're all in danger of nobody's uh, safe. Yeah, nobody's safe. It's the truth. Uh, especially extractive industries that re- rely on um, uh, uh, heavy amounts heavy amounts of. Uh, uh, Blasting—it's mm. the blasting dust. You know, that's right. one of the big deals. Is that 
you know, we can see when water goes bad. Right. You can't necessarily see when air goes bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So right. if you live near a mountaintop removal site and say five years later, your water starts stinking and looking bad. Well, for however long you've been living near it, you've been breathing poison. That's right. That's right. And so we use the phrase, what you can't see can kill you. Right. Right. And, and especially, by the way, um, given what I said about we're going to have to educate uh, these new members about what it is and why it matters. If you're in one of the districts that has a new member in it, mm -hmm. uh, I know this awesome woman in New York <laughs> who happens to live in the same district as Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Is that me? Me? That would be you. Little old yes. me? Yeah. Yes, um, she's my representative. We've got yeah. Uh, reach out to her. I will. We've got I definitely friends, will. We've got friends in Boston and in Connecticut mm -hmm. uh, and in, I mentioned Minnesota. Uh, uh, Ilhan Omar replaced Keith Ellison. Mm -hmm. Keith Ellison was an early co-sponsor of the ACAC. All we had to do, uh, Ferg, Ferg found oh, him. We Ferg were out is on the plaza. Son. Yeah. We were out on the plaza in D.C., and he recognized him, and we went over and told him about it, and he said, I'll be on it in the morning. Nice. And he won. So let me ask you, Bob. And um, there's been a lot of work over those seven years that has gone into educating people, but what really will matter is if, uh, is, is if, if you're in Ilhan Omar's district, call, email, right. make sure she knows about it. Uh, if you're in Rashida Tlaib's district in Michigan, call, right. let her know. If you are in Sharice David's district in Kansas, call, write, right. let her know. Every new Democratic representative, if you're in one of those districts. we. But what I want to do um, is make it easier for people. I'm wondering in the description yeah. on – it's not there right now, but I will add in the description of this video in the YouTube channel – and on the Facebook page and uh, wherever else we could put it. And in the uh, iTunes description, can we add uh, some links that will help people to find um, what the ache act is or, or something? Well, there's an, uh, there's an, uh, there's an ache act page on Facebook. Okay. I'll put them uh, in the, I'll, a... I'll get some links yeah. together and we'll put yeah. them in the description. Uh, but you'll find an ache act page and the Coal River Mountain Watch page. The ache campaign is a campaign of, Coal River Mountain Watch. Right. So what I'll do is just because you have if people, you know, you want to make it easy on them. So I'll uh, I'll yeah. put some links in these descriptions, and then I'll also um, copy a link to getting in touch with your congressperson. So hopefully, it, if you're listening to this later, you can look in the iTunes description or on uh, the yeah. SoundCloud description or on the uh, YouTube or Facebook at the rdt daily pages that's really helpful yeah so and we'll we'll uh well, this is another um example of sticking together we stick together we win that has to be our way of life and i'm i'm um we only have about four and a half minutes right now so that's why right. i'm wrapping it up um i want to uh thank everybody for coming to the show today and i want to thank bob especially bob kincaid for this i had a blast yeah this was a great 
great show. I I I enjoyed it. I felt like I was listening to you, <laughs> listening to your show, and it was great. And it really helped me. Uh, thank you for uh, pulling me out of the out of uh, off the ledge or whatever. And um, I just want to thank you and and because I called Bob today and I told him what happened. I was very upset. Uh, and if those who just came in, I. I, I lost my latest freelance gig that was supposed to be uh, a more permanent deal. And I basically am in between jobs at this time. So that's why we ask you to um, continue to donate, become a patron of this, of RDT Daily and Tara Buster. Eventually, I hope my dream is to do this show on a daily basis like other like other talk show hosts like bob does the show every every weeknight from 6 to 9 p.m at uh head on live dot right is it head on live at uh head on dot live the head on dot live and and uh it's an amazing show your show i love your show he's you if you haven't heard bob before i'm sure you have but in case you haven't it's it really is it's educational it's human it's warm it's funny it's a community and it's also uh it's it's just incredibly informative and um you're just an you're you're like the wikipedia of uh you're like a a walking dictionary a, a encyclopedia of history and uh, just you'd be surprised the number of people who say dictionary and only say the first syllable <laughs> right <laughs> I would You're be up. surprised. Yeah. I would be surprised. But I, I wish we had more time. But let's um, let's do this regularly. If you would, you like to do oh, yeah. that? Because um, some people in the in the chat were like, "Let's Tara and Bob should do a show once a month or something. Maybe once a month, twice a month, whatever. Whenever you have the time, I would love to keep yeah. doing something like this." And uh, hopefully, I won't be as depressed and I'll have some sleep. I I didn't sleep last night for those who are coming in now because i was uh very anxiety riddled i have a lot of anxiety and uh when i i, I a lot of times i i get depressed because i feel like i'm just running 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 and and like then the rug is pulled i'm just like running in place and the rug is pulled and i i this is why i th i say my head my mind is like a bad neighborhood i don't want to go there alone Right. I want to take Bob. I want to take the 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 listeners of the show that come here every week and support the show and the patrons who are supporting the, uh, the Terror Buster and RDT Daily. Um, I thank you, Michael, Lisa, Joey, Michael D, Daniel S, Sam S, Michael L D, Gail, Jim A, Randall, and we have a new uh, patron. Martin, I want to thank you all for taking the time and 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 doing that. And we also have some uh, people who do one-off donations. I thank thank you guys for anything that you can help to support us, support Bob, and we'll uh, we will. I mean, we live in interesting times, right? But um, everything will change. Everything will pass, and we're making the causes now that will dictate. What kind of country we're going to live in? Are we going to live in a country that, that respects diversity and, hum and humanity and uh, life in general, the creatures of the earth, the environment? 
or are we going to live in a divided, uh, ignorant nation of, of morons? I don't know. I think that uh, we, we stick together, we win, has to be the American way of life. So um, thank you, guys. Thank you, Bob. You want to say something? We have 10 seconds. Anyway. No, just uh, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. So uh, check out the links in the description of this podcast or video, however you're watching or listening to the show and follow Bob's instructions and contact your member of Congress, your new representative, especially, and urge them to sign on to the Appalachian Communities Health Emergency Act. And I know I'm giving you a lot of instructions, but then go over to patreon.com slash Tara Devlin and become a patron of this show, and we will continue to grow. Share the show with your friends. This is how we're going to win and make, this is how we're going to make it. I will see you next week, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels and uh, on Progressive Voices and GDPR Revolution 99 and anytime on the Progressive Voices app. And tune into Bob Kincaid every weeknight from 6 to 9 p.m. at headon.live. I will see you later.